Welcome to the Together We're Better podcast, where we explore all the ways it takes a village to raise a child, and we highlight the amazing work that partners are doing in our community. I'm your host, Lawrence Kirby, the Community Engagement Network Manager at Building Our Future. Welcome again, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. BOF, if you don't know, is a collective impact organization. It means we bring together people, ideas, and resources to help students in Kenosha County be successful. Today, I have very special guest, Leanne Martinez, the Community Schools Director at the United Way of Racine County, and Katie Tuttle, the Special Projects Manager, former walking school bus coordinator at the United Way of Racine County as well. Uh, Y'all, my guests are from my hometown of Racine, where I grew up, and we're here today to talk about the walking school bus program, uh, which I think is an amazing intervention to help students and families. Um, Here in Kenosha County, there's some movement and discussion about how we can bring this concept uh, to our community as well. But I thought it'd be really good to sit down with some folks who have been doing this for a while to share some experiences of what the walking school bus is, uh, what it is meant to this community as we try to build awareness and support to do it in Kenosha. So ladies, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Uh, how y'all doing? We'll start with you. Katie, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Doing good. Tired, but good. <laughs> good, good, good. Leanne, how about you? I'm very good. Very excited to talk to you today and uh, tell you all about the Walking School Bus. Awesome. Again, thanks for being on the show today uh, and taking time out of your busy schedules to share with our audience. Um, so the first question I have, we'll start with you, Leanne. Can you tell our audience first and foremost, what is a walking school bus? Let's go slow for everybody. All right. Sure. Well, a walking school bus, it sounds like a funny name, but we are a predetermined route that's led by two adults and it goes around a neighborhood school. Um, oftentimes these are neighborhoods that don't have a lot of busing because a lot of the students live in the area. Uh, but they aren't necessarily right next to the school. So they're going around the school on a predetermined route, picking up students at their home, just like a school bus would, and then bringing them to the school on time so that they can be in school when they're supposed to in a safe and fun way. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I've read a bunch of different things, you know, over the last few weeks about walking school bus projects. Um, but Katie, do you have any idea? Can you tell the audience a little bit about how was this concept first developed? Um, I can talk about how it was first developed here in Racine. Um, So as Leanne mentioned, uh, some of our schools don't have busing. So we have three community schools here in Racine and two of them do not have busing. So that's SNAP and Julian Thomas. Um, So we realized that that was a huge barrier for kids to get to school and to get to school on time. Um, So that's why United Way of Racine developed this position of the walking school bus coordinator to service those two community schools. So it was a part-time position when I first started. That was, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started as a part-time coordinator two years ago, um, and it didn't exist here. So we kind of developed it from the ground up. Um, we did a lot of, I did a lot of research um, to other areas that had them. I know Milwaukee had a walking school bus at the time, so talking to their coordinator. Um, safe routes to school was a great way to start. Um, we did a lot of research. They promote a lot of like walking, biking to school. Okay. So um, talking with them, meeting with them, um, just to learn like what it looks like and how to get one started. It's not as easy as one would think to just start a walking school bus. So yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So mm-hmm. so kind of walk us through, and I think you started doing that already. How did this project start? Like what kind of from A to Z? How does a community start a process of developing a walk-in school bus plan and kind of seeing it through the execution for a local school? Um, Well, 
you know the saying, you've got to crawl before you walk? Yeah. Uh, very much just like that. When um, Katie was hired in the position, she did a couple of months of planning, you know, talking to the school counselors and social workers, the teachers, finding out what students were in the area that needed the service. So that's really step one. Unfortunately, we cannot service all of the students that um, are going to be walking to school. We need to look at finding students that are on a route that makes sense so that you can get to school on time. You're not walking too much, especially when it gets cold out for those students. So you want to make sure that you've got a route that really, really works. And then start small. Uh, Katie started with one student at one school one day a week. Wow. Yeah, I mean, very, very small. And in fact, on that very first day... I don't like to talk about him. Uh, <laughs> they canceled. They didn't show up. Oh, she was very upset. Yeah. But then the next week, mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. And then as it grew, we got more and more referrals from the social worker, from the teachers saying, hey, what about this student? What about this student? And then it, it grew from there. Um, we now, well, at the end of last school year, we had two routes running at Julian Thomas going in different directions, uh, one going more west, one going more east, and then coming back to school, and then we had one at Knapp. This year, we are going to be expanding it to have it also at Mitchell. Now, Mitchell is a K through eight school here in Racine. Um, They do have busing. Many of the students are bused from different areas of Racine, Uh, but for those students who are in the area, we are gonna be looking at, you know, focusing in on those students that have you know, concerns with absenteeism or, you know, they're chronically late for one reason or another. So really focusing in and finding those students to help them get to school on time. Oh, that's exciting. So so what would you say um, about how many students are typically on one of these routes? Um, 10. So, and we actually got that, um, the CDC actually has guidelines to like the student to adult ratio for something like Mm -hmm. this. So 10 is our max that we can have per two adults. Um, two volunteers. That being said, like, you know, depending on the ages, the behaviors, um, the structure of that particular route, it might be a little bit less than that, but 10 is our max. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we could if have an, another adult and have more students. Mm-hmm. The thing is then when you've got 10 students or even more than that, walking to school, it tends to slow things down a little bit. So you want to make sure that you're staying on time. So really 10 is the absolute max that I would recommend for anybody that's looking to do this program. Other than that, you would start just a new route with two different adults and different kids. Okay. Okay. So, Katie, what would you say are some of the benefits of a program like this? Oh, so there's so many benefits. Um, One, top, our top priority is attendance, getting the kids to school um, and getting them to school on time. That is the number one benefit. Um, But also, like, behaviors, relationship building. Like we were seeing just from observation and experience, you know, you pick a kid up, um, they're tired, they're crabby, they might not want to go that day. By the time we get to school, they're playing and joking and singing and laughing. Um, So it just kind of sets them up for a better day. Um, Another huge benefit is it really takes the burden off of some of our parents and families. Um, You know, we have families that work several different shifts or for whatever reason, you know, I Think of one family we had where the mom had a leg injury, um, couldn't walk them to school. So like we were able to go and walk our kids to school. Um, so many families have different situations and different obstacles. So I really felt like we were, uh, you know, taking a huge burden off of them too. And safety, they're getting to school safely. We, we ensure that they're, they'll get there safe. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so 
what does give me a kind of a snapshot into what what typically what does a day or a moment in the life of of a volunteer look like for walking school bus like they arrive kind of you know what yeah typically how does that whole process work do you want me to do that one Take I I think you'd be better at that <laughs> okay um well it depends on the season because <laughs> um, we do we walk in all weather um as long as it's not dangerous uh we are walking so um the volunteers usually get there. I would say the average route takes about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so we will meet at the school about an hour before school starts. Um, we get all the materials and the equipment together. So that's like getting the stop signs together, getting all the kids wear reflective vests for safety. So getting those things together, um, pack it all up. We have like the list, laminated list of routes and where we're going with the map and everything. We're in contact with the families all the time, so volunteers will have all that information. They're like letting them know we're on our way, we're this far away, we're here, those kind of things. So um, it's a, about an hour, but every every route they do is the same. So they're always knowing like where they're going and, and which direction. Um, so they stop at each house, get each kid, get them geared up, um, get them ready. If it is in the winter, we do a great job at making sure all of our students have winter gear. So like we get them whatever they need to make sure they're warm. Um, sometimes hand, she's always got hand warmers, hand feet warmers, warmers. Leanne's cold all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then we get them back to school and we'll, the volunteers will stand there and make sure they actually physically see them walk into the building nice. and then they're done. And it, it, that's, I mean, it's a quick hour in the morning and they get to go on their way. So are there opportunities for like donors and stuff to provide? Because you mentioned providing, making sure students have what they need. Mm -hmm. um, is there opportunity for donors to provide hats or gloves or kind of any of those? Or are those more or less um, materials that, that might be funded or put in kind of the budget to, to help the program be successful? That's a great question. So this program is funded through a grant that we have called the Full Service Community Schools Grant through the U.S. Department of Education. Okay. With that grant, we were able to purchase the hand warmers we um, can provide to any student who needs it, uh, snow pants, a warm insulated jacket, warm insulated gloves or mittens, a hat, snow boots. Am I missing anything? No. Um, we also, in, through the grant, are able to purchase the safety vests, those reflective vests, so that they're seen. That's especially important in the winter when it's dark. Nap, one of our schools starts their school day at 7 a.m. So the volunteers are starting at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. We have flashlights uh, for the volunteers so that they can see where they're going, uh, stop signs. Really what we would need from people is time because we cannot do this program without volunteers. Um, we can provide all of the items, but we just need people to come and do it. So we're really limited by the number of volunteers that we can have on specific routes, yeah. Okay, thank you. So um, speaking of volunteers, mm -hmm. What, what does training look like for volunteers? Yeah, so when we first developed this program, that was like the first thing we thought of is how to, one, train myself to safely walk kids and then train the volunteers. So we reached out to the, our local um, racing police department okay. and they scheduled us with crossing guards. So we started there. Um, I shadowed a crossing guard for a couple shifts and the stop sign and the whistle and practice like just getting kids across the street safely. So they really helped us determine um, the sa safety in getting kids crossing streets, but also um, what safety equipment that we needed. 
um, to have on the routes. So then when we got the volunteers on, um, we required that they just shadow for at least two routes. So during that time, there'll be three adults technically. So one person shadowing and the other two are already up and running. Um, so just kind of walking them through all the safety protocols and, and training them for those two routes. But again, there's always two adults, no matter what. No adult will ever be on their own. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, so Leanne, let me ask you this. How has the community and the schools involved responded to the walking school bus? Oh, the schools love it. Absolutely. Okay. When, you know, you have a teacher that comes to you and says, I have a, and this has happened before, I have a student that whose mom just had a baby and, you know, it's winter, she can't walk the student to school right now because there's a newborn, it's pretty cold outside, is there something you can do? And we can go ahead and fill that need. It just helps the family tremendously. The school loves it. You know, the kids are coming in. We've got students that don't need the services provided by the walking school bus. They're like, I want to be on a walking yeah. school. I want to be able to do that, you know. Um, so it really, really has taken hold. Awesome. I think it's cool, too, because we're, like, starting to get recognized. Like, people are like, I saw the walking school bus this morning. So, like, mm -hmm. community members are now seeing, like, it's a really adorable thing to see. you got, like, all these little like kindergartners too, and like little vests walking along a line. So sometimes with the walking rope. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> we, we get to use a walking rope. We do. The students. <laughs> we get to, yeah. <laughs> nice. And, you know, and that kind of goes with the safety thing too, because then it gets the neighborhood involved. Yeah. And when you can see, you know, the same neighbors mm -hmm. waving at the kids, saying hello, you get to learn, you know, which dogs are really friendly mm -hmm. um, and which ones maybe you avoid a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, but it... That way, yeah. the neighborhood is also looking out for the walking school bus coordinator, the volunteers, and especially the students. That's right. That's wonderful. So let me ask a closing question. Mm -hmm. uh, what words of advice would you give other communities who may be exploring a walking school bus project that we haven't covered yet? Um, I think like the first step is reach out to ones that are up and running and like just go on it, walk on it, um, shadow them, see what it, what it looks like first. Um, and then talking to the community and the parents about it and getting as much buy-in as you can. I know one thing that Leanne implemented this last year with it was having like parents volunteer, like really, you know, mm -hmm. encouraging our, the parents of the students that were on the route to volunteer. Because so I think when you get like the families of the schools to buy into it, you have like all these volunteers just right there ready to go. So um, I would say, yeah, do your research on it go actually physically see one that is up and running, talk to those people that are running it, and then talk to the community members and the families of the school. And I can add to that, um, you know, what Katie's talking about having an adult come in, we understand that parents are using the program because they may not be able to do it. So yeah. we, I say if a parent can do it once a month, great. Mm -hmm. If you can't do it, let's find somebody else that can. Maybe yeah. it's a grandmother or an aunt or you know, just a, a friend that can just go ahead and do that. And then they start telling more people. Mm -hmm. And that really is is going to help. Mm -hmm. um, we're always here and willing to talk to anybody who's interested in the program. So please feel free to reach out, call, email me. You know, we'll, we'll happily talk to anybody that's interested in doing that at their school. I would recommend start small, start very, very small, and just build from there because once the ball starts rolling, you're going to get a lot of people mm -hmm. that are interested in the program. 
Uh, we were lucky enough, like I said, to get a grant. You don't need to have a lot of money to start a walking school bus program. You really just need to have adults and volunteers that are willing and able to do that. Um, but make sure that safety is at the top of your list. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for your time. Uh, one last thing before we go. I got some rapid fire questions I got to hit you with. Boy. The oh, audience boy. demands it. Uh, I'm no, sorry. There's nothing nervous. I can do. Okay, There's go. There's nothing go. I can do. All right. Y'all ready? Yeah. You ready? One, two, three. Leanne, when was your last vacation? I just went. Where did I go? She's always on vacation. I did. So I she did. can't answer that. Uh, I did. Where did I go? Tahoe. I went to Tahoe. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Katie, what was yeah. your favorite subject in school? Uh, English. Here we go. Controversial question. Leanne, best pizza in Racine? You better. Oh, controversial. She's get in I know. Trouble, I know. Controversial. Okay. Can I can I please distinguish between thin crust and pan? I, I would have it no other okay. way. So if you're going to come to Racine, you have to get the thin crust pizza at Wells Brothers. Just absolutely. absolutely hands down. Yep. The best. If you want something with a little, you know, more crust, really, then I would go to Enficino's. Okay. I love both of those places, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Grew up rotating every week between those two <laughs> places. So, love it. Okay, Katie, who's your favorite superhero? Oh, my goodness. Spider-Man. Good job. Leanne, if you had to change your first name, what would you change it to? Awesome. It would be awesome. <laughs> that's good. And there's a long story behind it, but that was almost my middle name. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I almost want to ask you the story, but we don't have time. <laughs> Maybe off off. Air, right? Okay. <laughs> Last question. What's your favorite store? My favorite store? Amazon? I don't Ooh, know. You can't go wrong with Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again for your time and uh, <laughs> taking time to talk to us about this really important initiative. And congrats for the hard work you guys have put in in this community uh, and just the support from schools and families. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and yeah, we hope to be able to replicate some of this in Kenosha. So thanks again. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Do me a big favor, share it with your friends, your families, and you can share it with your enemies too. It doesn't matter. Uh, but make sure you're spreading this information so we can continue to inform folks in our community of what's going on. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm Lawrence Kirby at Building Our Future, and together we're better.